All right, Hope Community, how are we doing today? Everybody good? Good, good. It's good to see you here. Uh, it's awesome that you are with us today on this Sunday. And we are in the fourth and final week of our Amen series. And it's all coming together today with one final message that we're calling Praying with Confidence. Everybody say confidence. 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 Thank you. Thanks for saying it confidently. Good job. I was studying this week and uh, I bumped into the Heidelberg Catechism question 129. It's not a normal week, by the way, that I'm just in the catechism. But I did bump into this and I thought it said perfectly this idea of amen being a statement of confidence. It's question 129. What does that little word amen express? And the catechism says amen means this shall truly and surely be. I love that. When you get to the end of your prayers and you say amen, is that what you're thinking in your head? This shall surely and truly be. That's confidence, right? That's praying with confidence. And we need to remember that the word amen is a statement of confidence that punctuates the end of our prayers. And what we've been doing over the past four weeks is we have been learning how to pray, and we've been growing in our ability to pray, and we've been, we've been coming to a greater place of confidence in our prayer life. And uh, we're going to continue that today as we talk about praying with confidence. But my question is, what confidence can we have that God will actually answer our prayers. When you finish praying, do you say, this shall surely and truly be? Does prayer work? And if prayer works, why is it so random? just want to share a couple of stories. Um, First one, years ago I was walking into a guitar center to pick something up. I'm not a musician, so it's not an everyday adventure that I go to a guitar center. Do you have a guitar center here? Is that even a familiar thing? It's like a, a music... Dave, Dave has been to some guitar centers. He has a reason to go there. I was going to pick something up at a guitar center, and they were doing a huge promotional thing. They had a radio station out front, and the radio station was doing a drawing for a $200 guitar center gift card. Now, I'm never a person to pass up anything free. You know, free food, free gift card, whatever, I'm in. So, of course, I enter my name in the drawing for the $200 Guitar Center gift card, and uh, I actually just decided to pray. All right, God, you're amazing, and uh, you can help me get this $200 Guitar Center gift card. That would be awesome, God. Like, you know, pick up my stuff, go home. Next day, radio station calls, Brian Vincent, you're the winner of a $200 Guitar Center gift card. I'm like, God, you rock! I just asked you for that, and you answered my prayer. And I'm laughing the whole time, because I don't even need a $200 Guitar Center <laughs> gift card. And, and just, hey, by the way, if you're ever entering any drawings, you know, let me know, call me, text me, I'll shoot up some prayers for you. I'll do that. <laughs> What am I going to do with this, you know, gift card? Well, we had, the first thing that came to my mind was, 
there's a student in our youth group who's a part of the worship team. He plays guitar. And so took him, and we got him a brand new Fender Blues Junior, Blues Junior guitar amp. Well, fast forward 10 years. That boy's mom is dying of cancer 10 years later. And our whole church is praying for Amy. She's this amazing woman of God, loves Jesus with all her heart. Our church is praying, praying, praying. There are Christians all over our city that are praying for her. And in September 2016, Amy died. And the reason I share this is because I ask myself, God, how could you answer a prayer so insignificant as to give me a gift card, and yet you wouldn't answer the prayers of all these people to heal an amazing woman of God of her cancer? Have you ever experienced that? Some of the randomness of prayer, of unanswered prayer? I think we all have some version of that story. And uh, maybe you pray and God gives you an amazing parking spot at Walmart. Parking spot mercies. But yet God won't take away those migraine headaches. Or you're praying for your marriage or you're, you're praying for some ongoing pain in your life or some ongoing challenge. You're praying for a job. And you're saying, God, I believe that you can do this. I'm praying that you would. And yet, God, you haven't. What confidence can we have in prayer? Does prayer work? Can we have any confidence? Why is it so random? What about unanswered prayer? We've all wrestled with this. We've all thought about this. I have. And, and I want to take you to um, a scripture really amazing scripture. It's, it's a verse on prayer, and I want to bring out three different ideas about prayer today that I hope are going to give you a greater sense of confidence as you pray. And so today we're talking about confidence in prayer. And we're going to look at the conditions for answered prayer. But at the end, we're going to see that prayer is always ultimately about closeness to God. And it's in closeness to God and intimacy with God that we ultimately find the greatest confidence. So that's where we're going today. The verse we're looking at is 1 John 5, 14 through 15. You can feel free to open up your Bible or your Bible app. But we're going to put it on the screen. It's just two verses here. It's a powerful statement of confidence in prayer. Listen to 1 John 5, 14 and 15. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That is, if we ask anything, everybody say, ask anything. If we ask anything according to His will, He hears us, and we know that He hears us whatever we ask. Everybody say, whatever we ask. Whatever we ask. We know that we have what we asked of Him. Ask anything, whatever we ask. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. If we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. We know we have what we have asked of Him. What a statement of confidence in prayer. That's what we're going to look at today. So let's pray and we'll dive in. God, thanks for bringing each person here this morning. No person is here by accident. 
And God, we need your help. We believe that you're a God who hears and answers prayers. And sometimes prayer confuses us. So I pray that you'd give us clarity this morning. I pray that you'd give us confidence as we approach you. And I ask that you give each person here a greater desire to pray. Father God, I pray for a spirit of, of intercession. We would hunger for those times of intimacy and closeness with you in prayer. And that we as a church would see you as a God who answers prayer. We, I pray that we would see answers to prayer in this church and that our hearts would be encouraged because of that. Even more and more, God. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we're looking at this idea of confidence in prayer. And the first thing that I see in this passage is I, I see that we can pray with confidence. We can have confidence when we pray. You can pray with confidence. This is the confidence we can have in approaching God. This is the confidence we have. We can pray with confidence. If we ask anything, there's that word, ask anything, according to His will, He hears us. And we know that He hears us. Whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of Him. And what an incredible promise this is. We can have this confidence. You can have this confidence when you pray, knowing that God is going to hear your prayers and He is going to answer your prayers. The Bible is full of incredible promises for those who pray. Incredible promises. 1 John 5, 14 and 15 is just one of many promises for those who pray. And it's promises that God will hear and answer our prayers. Whatever we ask. There's that word, that phrase, whatever we ask. Ask anything, whatever we ask. It's the level of the promises of prayer in Scripture. And one of the most, and the most radical promises for answered prayer in Scripture actually come from the lips of Jesus. And what Jesus says about prayer is absolutely stunning. And over again, over and over again, Jesus promises to answer our prayers, and he uses these same words. Anything, whatever you ask. Listen to what Jesus tells his disciples. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Is it a little uncomfortable in here, or is it just me? Okay. <laughs> Mark eleven twenty four. next one. Whatever you ask in prayer, believe you've received it, and it will be yours. Next one. I will do whatever you ask in my name. You may ask me anything in my name, and I'll do it. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Stop and think about those passages. Those are incredible promises for answered prayer on the lips of Jesus. And so before, before we object, before we move on, I, I want us to stop and to soak up the promises of God. 
Does this make you want to pray? It makes me want to pray. Absolutely. I love what J.C. Ryle said. J.C. Ryle said, Nothing seems to be too great, too hard, or too difficult for prayer to do. Nothing seems too difficult, too hard, or too difficult for prayer to do. The, The promises here are spectacular promises. And so Scripture is encouraging us today to pray with confidence. Pray confidently. And that's what I want to leave you with today. I want to leave you with the sense of confidence that comes from Jesus in the Scriptures. That's why I listed all of them. Because we can pray with confidence that our God is a God who hears and answers our prayers. But why would Jesus make such extravagant, over-the-top promises about prayer? Why would the Bible make such extravagant, over-the-top promises about prayer? Because we all know that prayer is not a blank check, right? Because if prayer was a blank check, I'd cash that in. I'd be rich. You know, we'd all have fat bank accounts, thin bodies. Uh, The Eagles would have won the Super Bowl years ago if Jesus would let us ask anything we want, and he would do it. What's, What's going on? Because prayer isn't a blank check. So why would Jesus make such an over-the-top promise? And what I want to argue today is that Jesus was doing something very common in his day. And something that we do, which is very common in our day. And I believe, and I want to argue, that Jesus is using hyperbole. Do you all know what hyperbole is? Hyperbole is an exaggeration that is used to make a point. It's saying it's going over the top to say something to make a point. And Jesus actually does this all the time. He goes to the extreme to make a point. I'll give you two examples. First one. This is Luke 14, 26. These are familiar verses. You've heard this one before. If anyone comes to me and doesn't hate their own father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, even his own life, he can't be my disciple. So, Jesus, you're saying we need to hate everybody, like our family members? No, no, it's hyperbole. He's exaggerating to make a point. Okay, what's the point? The point is, if we're going to follow Jesus, we need to love Jesus more than those we love the most. It's hyperbole. It's exaggeration to make a point. Here's another example. Matthew 5.30, another familiar one. If your right hand causes you to sin... Cut it off and throw it away. Next week, Hope Community Church, we're going to have an amputation service, you know. We'll have doctors here, surgeons, you know, we'll get the, we'll throw it away. He's exaggerating, right? He's going over the top to make a point. What's the point? Deal aggressively with the sin in your life. It's a powerful communication tool. We do this in our day. Oh, I'm starving to death. You ever heard that one? I'm starving to death. No, you ate 20 minutes ago. No, you're not going to die. You're going to be fine. (laughs) I'm starving to death. Over the top. Exaggeration. You're trying to make a point. Why would Jesus go so over the top about prayer? Could it be that prayer is powerful? Could it be that God... Our Heavenly Father loves to hear and answer our prayers.
Could it be that God wants us to come and pray with confidence, believing that he's going to hear our prayers and answer them? We can pray with confidence. There are incredible promises for those who pray. And I really believe you can ask anything because nothing is too difficult for prayer. Nothing's too difficult for prayer. A couple of years ago at our church in Colorado, a woman in our church had a, a Chiari mouth formation. That's hard to say. It's, it's essentially a dislocated brain. And her brain was resting on top of her, her spinal cord. And she was in a tremendous amount of pain. Dislocated brain. We got some people together and we prayed for her. And um, she said the pain dissolved as they prayed for her. Gone. She knew that. She knew that. She was healed. Two weeks later, she went to her, her neurosurgeon. And she had physical proof that God had lifted her brain and put it right where it needs to be. Guys, nothing is too difficult for prayer. Nothing is impossible for God. And so Jesus says, pray confidently. Pray confidently. Because prayer is powerful. Prayer is coming to a God who spoke the world into existence who raised Jesus from the dead. That's who we're talking to when we pray. So pray with confidence. But we also have to understand the conditions. We, we're going to pray confidently, but we have to understand the conditions. And we see a very important condition in our scripture today. Look again at 1 John 5.14. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. If we ask anything according to, to his will, if there is a condition for us to pray confidently and for God to answer our prayers, we must pray according to God's will. You are not going to change God's will. I am a little human on planet Earth. I am not going to change the will of God. Prayer may change things, but prayer and all the prayers in the world are not going to change God's will. And so we understand that there are conditions. What does it mean to pray in the will of God? What does it look like to pray in the will of God? First of all, we know that Scripture is God's will. And so when we're praying according to Scripture, we're praying according to God's will. And that's why in, in my own life and as I teach others to pray, I'm always saying... Learn how to pray scripture. That's why we looked at the Lord's Prayer last week. And Friday night, we prayed the Lord's Prayer together because we're praying according to God's will as we pray scripture. What does it mean to pray according to the will of God? It's praying in line with God's broad plans and purposes for your life. For the longest time, my daughter Lydia has wanted a baby sister. And she talks about her baby sister. I'm going to do this with my baby sister. For Angie and I, that's like almost physically impossible. You know, like it would take a miracle for us to have a baby sister. And here's Liddy. She wants her baby sister. She loves her brother. But she's like, ah, my baby sister. And she's got a name picked out. You know, baby Sarah. So what do we say? Like, okay. Thy will be done, right? It's, 
Lydia, if you want a baby sister, that's going to be tough, but God can do anything. So if you want a baby sister, you're going to need to ask Jesus. And then we say, and if Jesus says no, we're going to say, I trust you, God. That's what we tell her. And what are we teaching her? (laughs) We're teaching her pray. Ask anything. It may take a miracle to do that, but you know what? God could do that. But if God says no, we're going to say, I trust you, God. Because God loves us. God's plans and purposes for us are good. Scripture says that his will is good, pleasing, and perfect. So we say, I trust you, God. See, we need to recognize that true prayer isn't about getting our way, but true prayer is about surrendering to God's will. And we need to understand that. True prayer is not about us getting our way. True prayer is about us surrendering to God's will. And people push back on that. And I would just say, let's remember how Jesus prayed in the garden. Do you remember on the way to the cross in the Garden of Gethsemane? How did Jesus pray? He said, Father, if there's any way, would you remove this cup of suffering from me? Nevertheless, God, not my will, but your will be done. When Jesus taught us to pray, he taught us to pray. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so Jesus understood the conditions. The true prayer is not about getting our will, but surrendering to God's will. And sometimes for us, it's saying, God, even though I really wish you'd do this, and if you don't, I trust you. God, I'm praying for this. I need you to do this. But God, if you don't, I trust you. Even Jesus surrendered his wishes and desires to the will of God. I love how pastor and author Eugene Peterson writes about the conditions of prayer. It's it's very interesting. He says, um, we want life on our conditions, not on God's conditions. That's true for me too. He says, praying puts us at risk of getting involved in God's conditions. Be slow to pray. Praying most often does not get us what we want, but what God wants. And when we realize what's going on, it's often too late. (laughs) What's happening here? Oh, God's getting his will done. (laughs) I'd love that. What's Eugene Peterson saying? He's just saying, understand the conditions for confident answers to prayer. And what's the condition? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what are we saying? We're saying prayer is not going to change God's will. Prayer activates God's will. But prayer is not going to change God's will. And so if we want to pray confidently, and God wants us to pray confidently, we have to understand the conditions. This brings up all kinds of questions for me, and I'm sure it does for you. Number one, How do I know what God's will is? Two, how do I know if I'm praying according to God's will? Three, if it is God's will, isn't he just going to do it? Why do I need to pray? I've wrestled with these questions a lot, and I know some of you have too. And I don't have all the answers, but this is what I know. And and this is where I want to lead us today as as we finish up is is that the only place we're going to find confidence in prayer and the only place we're going to figure out the conditions for prayer 
is going to be in closeness to God. Our confidence and our understanding of God's will is never going to rise above our intimacy with God. So there's only one place to find the confidence and to figure out the conditions, and that's in closeness to God, in closeness to God. So my last encouragement is simply grow closer to God. Get close to God. Prayer is all about relationship with God. It's about intimacy with God. And that's where the power is. That's where the confidence is. That's where we begin to understand God's will for our life. It's in intimacy and in relationship with God. That's where confidence is found. So grow closer to God. And prayer is an incredible invitation to grow closer to God. And we see that in 1 John 5, 14 through 15. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. And I'm certainly not going to unravel all the mysteries of prayer in the last seven minutes. But this is what I see in this passage. Where do we find confidence? In approaching God. Where do we understand God's will? It's in approaching God. And prayer is an incredible opportunity to approach the throne of grace and to grow closer to God and to get to know God at a level of intimacy where you begin to grow confident and bold in your understanding of who he is and what, your will, what his will is for your, for your life. And in my life, I have seen two extremes when it comes to prayer. I'm going to talk about these extremes. And, and uh, something sparked my, my thoughts in a book by Paul Meyer on prayer. And so um, this, this is a take on kind of what he, he has there in that book. But, but I've really seen these two extremes in my, in my life. The first extreme is an overemphasis on God's will. And we're going to talk about both these extremes. But... But the first extreme is an overemphasis on God's will where we say, ah, I don't need to pray. Because if God's going to do it, God's going to do it. If it's his will, he's going to do that whether you pray or not. I don't know if you've ever heard of William Carey. Um, he's known as the father of modern missions. Um, and back a long time ago, um, when when really this global missionary movement got rolling, William Carey, he was one of the, the drivers of that. But when William Carey was 25 years old, he got super excited about taking the gospel to unreached places on earth. And he took his excitement to his pastor and some other pastors. Oh, man, I'm so excited. Let's go reach... Reach the unreached places on earth. And do you know what the pastors said to William Carey? They said, oh, 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 you know what? Calm down, son. Because if God wants to save the heathen, he can do that without you or me. It's an overemphasis on the will of God that says, you don't need to go. You don't need to pray. God's going to do what God's going to do. It's the will of God to an extreme. Let's talk about the other extreme. The other extreme, let's go back. Yeah, go back. The other extreme is 
my will to the extreme. If you pray long enough, if you pray hard enough, if you pray with enough faith, God is going to give you what you want. God is a big pinata in the sky. You just whack him hard enough and all the candy comes out. Health, wealth, happiness, success, blessings, raining from heaven. Oh. I didn't get the candy. Oh, you got to whack it harder. <laughs> it's an overemphasis. It's taking my will to the extreme. And on this extreme, we actually begin to pray very selfishly. And I look at those two extremes, and here's my question. Are either of these extremes connecting with the heart of God? How about this side? You don't have to pray. <laughs> Thank you. I know. I'm like, that's interesting. Thank you. Help me help you. <laughs> what about this side? Overemphasis on God's will. God's going to do it. God's going to do it. What are they missing? Sometimes answers to prayer. God's going to do it. God's going to do it. You don't have to pray. And God is inviting us into a life where he begins to answer our prayers. Maybe we're not experiencing more answers to prayer because we're not actually spending much time praying. And that can happen when we overemphasize God's will. William Carey famously said, expect great things from God, attempt great things for God, and I would add, pray great things from God. Because this is an invitation to a supernatural life. And when you begin to see and to experience God's power in answering our prayers, it's incredible. It's amazing. And, and prayer takes us to that place of intimacy with God. What about the other extreme? You know, my will be done. What are they missing? They're missing answers to prayer. Because there's a condition and I would say that prayer is not an opportunity to change God's will, but prayer is an opportunity to discover God's will. And as you surrender your will and your desires to our Heavenly Father's will, as you yield to Him, as you yield to the Word of God, the Spirit of God inside of you is going to begin to reveal the heart of our Heavenly Father. And it's in that place of intimacy and surrender that you begin to discover God's awesome plan and purpose for your life. And sometimes we're praying for one thing and God can even show us why this isn't happening and maybe what he's doing over here. It's, it's relationship. So here's my encouragement. And, he, and this is what I believe the purpose of prayer is. I believe the purpose of prayer is to grow closer to God. And we can go to the next slide. How do we grow closer to God? Maybe on this side? Oh yeah, God's just going to do what God's going to do. I think the invitation here to grow closer to God is to pray boldly. Begin to pray bold prayers. It's an invitation to grow closer. What about this side? What's the invitation here to grow closer to God? It's to surrender completely. 
God, I surrender to you and to your will for my life. And that's the invitation. As we pray boldly, as we surrender completely, we're getting closer to God. We're having that intimacy with God. And this is exactly what we see in Jesus. I love this. This is uh, Mark 14, 36. Abba, Father. Remember last week I said Abba, Father means close, intimate Father? That's closeness, right? Abba, Father. So there's the closeness. Everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. There's the boldness. There's the confidence in prayer. Yet not what I will, but what you will. It's a condition. Surrender completely. And when you do that, when you pray like Jesus, I tell you what, you're growing closer to God. And that's what prayer is about. It's about confidence. We're going to pray bold prayers. We're going to believe that God hears and answers our prayers. We're going to understand the conditions. We're going to surrender our will to his will. And number three, more than anything else, we're going to realize that prayer is about closeness. It's about intimacy with God. And it's about saying, God... I trust you. Those are four powerful words. God, I'm asking you for this. You haven't done this, but God, I trust you. And some of you in this room, you're in this season right now. You're praying for things. You're praying, God, um, there's, there's this broken relationship. Or God, um, I'm praying for my marriage. Or God, I'm praying for my child. Or God, please, I'm looking for work. And we begin to pray these bold prayers before God. And whatever it is, and I don't know what it is right now, is you're bringing your prayers to God. This is what I know. I know that God loves you. And I know that that God is actually writing a story of redemption and restoration in your life. And I know that you are never closer to God than when you pray. And so all of us across the room today, whatever you're praying in your heart, let's pray boldly. Let's Surrender completely and let's grow closer to God. So let's, let's close our eyes, let's bow our heads, and let's wrap up our series praying to our Father in heaven. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you love us. Thank you that you are, thank you that your love is steadfast. It never fails. God, you are, your love is, is completely sure and committed to us. So God, we come to you today. We cry out for many things. We cry out for brokenness in our life. We cry out for brokenness in this world. We cry out for our broken hearts and, and um, our, our lack of finances and, and struggle and difficulty and pain. And we cry out with all these things and we bring them collectively before your throne of grace. And God, we thank you that you, you say that that you are close to the brokenhearted. So God, come and meet us in our prayer life. I pray for a revelation of your will. I pray for intimacy. I pray for confidence and boldness. Would we be a church that attempts great things, believes great things, and prays great things. But in all of this we say, not our will be done, but your will be done, God. We trust you. We love you. We surrender our lives to you. 
Come, Holy Spirit. Minister to our hearts. Minister to the unanswered prayers. Show us your love, God. Thank you that you're close to the brokenhearted. Thank you that you're an ever-present help in time of trouble. Thank you for intimacy in our prayers. We need you, God. We trust you, God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen.